Jeff here. Thanks for listening. Go to playvolutionhq.com slash ccbag or click the link in the show notes for the show's archives, ways to connect, ways to support the show, information about happy hour, and more. Podcast, the world's longest running and most prolific early learning podcast. I'm Jeff Johnson coming to you from upstairs studio in the snuggery along the Gulf of Mexico from suburban Newcastle, the wilds of suburban Newcastle, Australia. Nicole Halton from Inspired EC. How you doing, Nicole? I'm great. How are you? I'm I'm great, except there's been a weird thing going on here at the snuggery the last uh the last couple of days, something never seen before. Tasha pointed it out the other day too. Um, Slinky Dog, the 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 big hundred and ten pound uh, boxer Labrador mix. Um, he's been laying down. You know how dogs lay down like they they stretch their whole bodies out, like yes. their their front legs are stretched out in front of them, their back leg. So he's been doing that, but his front paws are a few inches away from the wall, and then he just lays there with his head up, staring at the wall. Um, is it is it the same wall every time? It's it's usually the same wall, but I saw him a little bit ago do it on a different wall. Um, mm. I, I I don't know. We don't know if he's meditating. Um, if there's if if there's a ghost. Um, I don't know what. I was thinking there could be something behind the wall, but if it's a different wall, then that's that's that theory gone straight up. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he's. I, I I'm gonna guess he's meditating and he's just getting. Uh, Tasha really says he's just. He, Tasha says he's just weird. Um, he's just weird. Yeah. He's probably just weird. <laughs> um, hey, listeners, if your dog stares at the wall for 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 no reason or or you know the reason and think that might be the reason my dog is doing it, let me know at two two eight three six three six seven three seven. Uh, Nicole, so I got a topic for you. Um, okay. I, it, this is kind of group management, behavior management, interacting with other human beings thing. Um, I, I think the original, I, I originally bumped into the, the concept in, uh, I think it was a, a New York times article. Um, but then it, it's, it's appeared other places. So it's the, the idea of when you come across a person in distress as young children often are, as co-workers may be, as we, we talked about in our last episode together when we were talking about the uh, the mass exodus from early learning, uh, one strategy for, for trying to, to help them through that turmoil is, is to ask, uh, do you want to be helped, heard, or hugged? I've heard about this. It was probably for me when I exactly that. Maybe it was. It probably me when I said we maybe we should talk about this sometime. (laughs) Um, Because I thought I mentioned it to you a while ago, but we just never got around to recording about it. Um, And and I read this and I thought this this really this really makes sense as 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 a way of dealing with behavior and social emotional things in early learning. Except I think the way I would tweak it would be: Do you want to be helped, 
heard, hugged, or left alone. Because I think left mm-hmm. alone is a is a viable fourth option in there. So Absolutely. I thought we could we could banter about this a bit. Um, this might be a three minute episode. I don't I don't know. But any thoughts? As if it'll ever be a three minute episode. Um, we get too stuck on other tangents. Um, I I think that's such a great option. So the, what I talk about this sort of thing quite a lot actually when I'm talking to teams about you know understanding children's behavior and responding and all those sorts of things and I often tell the story of my youngest who when she would you know she was sort of a toddler that kind of age when they have those really big emotions and she would have those big emotions and she would often take herself elsewhere and you know (laughs) have the big throw down and you know cry and whatever and I would come and I would sit probably like about two meters away from her to start with. And I'd say to her, I'm here if you need me. And she sometimes she wouldn't even hear me because she's still like, Aah. yeah. And I'd just kind of reiterate every couple of minutes, I'd just say, I'm here if you need me. You know, if you need a hug or if you need to talk or, you know, whatever you need, I'm here if you need me. And I kind of would just listen to what she was doing and usually the volume would go start to drop and so I'd just over time edge a little bit closer but then I also noticed that she'd also edge a little bit closer to me as she (laughs) calmed down as well and eventually she'd be in my lap and we'd have a cuddle and we'd talk about whatever had happened or whatever that can take time and I think this is where you know often when I talk to services about behavior everyone's looking for the quick fix everyone's looking for the quick solution how do I fix this child's behavior how do I stop them from hitting how do I stop them from having a big emotional meltdown how do I you know how do I turn this around and everybody wants it to happen fast and I think the realization is that it doesn't happen fast Um, usually it takes time and it takes you know patience which sometimes we have and sometimes we don't but I think that strategy of asking you know a child and obviously it's you know depending on their age and all those kinds of things but of asking a child what do you need in this moment now for some children if they're if they're really overwhelmed and they're you know got those big emotions happening they're not even going to be able to process the question because that their brain's flooded with cortisol and they're just like I'm out I'm tapped out I can't hear what you're saying I can't understand your logic. I can't, you know, I'm not doing any of those things. But I think simply being there and saying that and then saying it again when you need to and giving them time in between and, you know, I'm here if you need me or would you like, you know, a hug? Would you like this? Would you like to be heard? Would you like me to help you? You know, whatever it is. I think I just think it gives children power to make decisions about what, they need I mean you know yourself as an adult sometimes if you've got a problem with something even with a partner or something and you've had you know you're doing something and it's going wrong and you're getting frustrated or whatever and they come over and just try and take over it's like that's not what I want like I don't want you to fix it I don't want you to do it for me I just want you to hear that I'm having a hard time like I I just want people to know that I'm finding this difficult but I don't want you to take over just hear me and and know that I'm finding it hard so I think it's you know, it gives children that opportunity to, to, and to start to listen to their own sense of what they want, you know, like to, sometimes we don't know what we want, 
until we get asked and you've got to think about, well, what do I want? Do I want someone to help me? Do I want someone to just give me a cuddle and tell me it'll be all right? Do I want someone to, you know, fix the problem for me? What do I want? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I it, look, a valid answer to that question is, I don't know. I, I don't yeah. know what I want. And, and I think for, for young kids, that's probably maybe what the, the first answer is going to be. But I think making, making, asking, this question or something similar to kids, um, a, an ongoing part of your practice over time. I think one thing you probably find is that based on temperament or, or whatever different people are going to go back to the same things over and over again. Most, if if the kid that needs help once the next time they're, they're in a struggle is probably going to want help again. Not, not every time, but we, we, we kind of, all fo- we, we, we follow patterns. Um, and, and so if you ask this question a lot, you're going to probably start seeing patterns in how it's responded to. And then it becomes a little bit e- easier to anticipate what they're, what they're wanting or needing in those, in those traumatic or hard situations. Um, and you, you might not always be right, but you kind of, as, as the relationships grow, as you spend time together and and reflect on on these things and have these conversations, it maybe gets a little bit easier to be a little bit predictable. Well, I think that's it. And, you know, that's a lot of what we talk about in our training around behavior too, is about getting to know children, you know, like I think that's such a big part of it. It's hard if you walk into a service, it's your very first day and, you know, someone's having some big emotions over in the corner or some, some drama's, kind of unfolding it's hard for you to you can address that from a you know a logical level like you can kind of go okay well I know if I say this and I do this and I do you know I follow these steps and this is our procedure and whatever then I can I can get through it but if I actually know those children I will typically be able to gauge what they need how they need me to respond whether they need me to let you know step back and just leave them be for a few minutes you know, I can remember having a, a child at a service who you know, would have these really big emotions when they got dropped off and would literally lay at the front gate just howling and you know it was quite quite stressful. But I also knew that if you actually got any closer, it got worse, like it escalated. And so you really needed to be stepped back from that mm. and give them a bit of time and space. But that's a hard thing to convey to people who don't know that child. So, you know, you'd see other parents walking in and they're looking like, oh, my gosh, why are you not paying attention to that child who's having a big emotional meltdown? And I think when you can put language around it, like, you know, we're giving them what they need and we're, we take notice of what different children need and different children need different things. Some children, when they get dropped off, they need to cling to you and, you know, they they want you to give them a cuddle or they need distraction. They want you to go and take them and do something with them or, you know, they want you to stand and wave at the gate or they want you to just leave them the hell alone. So I think it's being responsive to the individual needs and, you know, giving children those choices, as you say, if you if you repeat that, it becomes like a habit. It, it does put language around something that often children don't know how to, explain you know if you say to a child what do you need some children will be like well, I don't know like I don't know what I need I don't know how. and some adults find it hard to say what they need but if you yeah. give them some choices I think yeah that's why I like this question happen. because this this throws those choices out there yeah 
and that makes it a little bit easier. Um, I was thinking that that sometimes when we're dealing with people that are in distress, we or maybe this is just a me thing. Um, you can tell me um, that we kind of imprint the 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 response we would like on to others. So so yeah. like for me, if if, if just about always I want to be left alone. Um, if I, if, if I, if I slice myself while I'm, I'm dicing an onion, um, and I'm bleeding, I want to be left alone to take care of it. If, uh, if, if my, my dog dies, I want to be left alone. Um, whatever it is, I probably, that's, that's my go-to. And so I, I assume that's what everybody else wants too, but that's not always the case, is it? Well, it's the same as the people who are huggers, you know, the people who love a hug when something goes wrong and then you know I'm not a hugger and so if and I think that's one of the great things about our workplace is we're all very clear with each other about what we want and what we don't want what we like and you know who we are and so people know that I'm not a hugger and you know so if I'm upset even Tash I mean we've worked together now for like 20 years and she'll say to me is this a hug moment do you want a hug like you know she'll kind of check (laughs) She's a hugger, and if she's having a cry, she wants a hug. And you know, whereas for me, I'm like, oh gosh, no, just leave me be. I'll just deal with this on my own. But you know, I like that people ask because they know that's not my go-to, even if it's their go-to. So I think, yeah, it's definitely not just a you thing. I think we do imprint that, you know, and it, it is tricky, and it's different situations too. Different situations, different people. You know, if I'm around people that I don't know very well and I was crying it's like oh my god please leave me alone like nobody pay attention to me whereas if I was at home and I was crying and my husband didn't pay attention to me I'd be like are you serious like (laughs) you know to be completely different (laughs) yeah yeah so I think I think asking a question like this if you if you've got your your go-to response that is based on the way you would like to be treated in that situation asking this question kind of forces you to to take a broader view of what that person might need instead of going to to what you you would like does that make sense yeah well that's it you're not just going to the default you know yeah. setting you're actually opening it up to well there are all the other ways that people like to handle their emotions or if they're having a hard time or whatever. And I need to be open to that. I I just got very distracted because I just, just in the, in the corner of my eye, um, Tasha was doing this, this thing she was doing. She, she was doing her, this hair thing that, that was kind of this. Yeah. It's kind of like the wind is blowing (laughs) and, and hair thing. And it got, it got very, very distractive because it's, uh, it's really, really kind of sexy, but, uh, Uh, that doesn't need to be part of the podcast, but if you saw me being distracted, that's what happened. Yeah, it's part. <laughs> You're not cutting it out. <laughs> not cutting it out. And actually, about the time this episode is released, it's going to be the uh, 37th anniversary of when she picked me up. So, uh, so look, Aww. I've been thinking she's sexy for a long, long time. Um, I, I, there's, I, I feel there's no chance of getting over it. Um, I'd say not. No, yeah. that's what I always tell my husband. Like you're here, you're stuck. Like this is it. Yeah, she might come to her senses. Is the only thing I worry yeah. about. But uh, no. um, you know, this this I, I think in work relationship, this question can come in in really handy. But I think in personal relationships too, 
um yeah. with your with your sweetie pie or your 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 significant other or maybe your your ups your delivery driver <laughs> um or you, whoever brings your I hope not. <laughs> your your uber eats hey you you walk out you walk out the uh the the pizza delivery guy is 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 looking kind of sad on the front porch and you're like hey buddy hey you look like you're in distress do you need to be helped hurt or hugged and he's like <laughs> or left alone <laughs> or left alone you you're hope <laughs> yeah i'm hoping he says left alone <laughs> of those of those four things which one are you most ready to jump in and and provide so we know you're you're not a hugger um I mean, look i'm not a hugger but i will happily give a hug when it's needed when it's necessary <laughs> yeah and look to ch with children it's different like with children it's sure. like uh, hug away with adults if i if i know them or i feel like it's you know we've got a connection then i'm like yeah i'd i'd give them a hug not a problem but I'm I'm just not an overt hugger. Yeah, <laughs> and I definitely um, you know how you meet people and you've met them once and then they want to hug you and I'm like, oh gosh, we we don't know each other. Like I don't know that we need to be pressed together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too intimate. Um, so hugging is definitely not the go-to. I'd say for me, um, sometimes, but probably it's heard. Like I, you know, do they need to be heard? Like. I think or it's probably left alone, to be fair, because I'm thinking <laughs> I hope they want to be left alone. I'm not sure if I need to deal with this or <laughs> just, just hope they want to be left alone. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, think I'm, I think I'm wired to be a helper boy. Uh, I think that's my go-to thing to try to solve problems, to try to offer solutions. And, and that's not always... That's not always what people need. And so actually you say that. And I said before about, you know, Tasha's a hugger. She's a hugger, but she's more of a helper. Like if there's a problem, if you've got a problem, she's like, how do I fix it? You know, how can I make it better? How can I solve the problem? And yeah, that's exactly what you say. It's that I want to fix it. I want to help. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 that, that's my go. And, and years ago, Tasha taught me that um, my attempts to help were annoying her and what she really <laughs> wanted was to be heard. And she, she told yeah. me. And, and so I had to train myself, but, but now I know that that's usually what, what she needs. And life got, life gets a lot easier for everybody when you kind of know what the people around you need, um, yeah. I guess. Huh? Yeah, massively you know it's like that with your children like knowing what different children need <laughs> you look distracted again yeah well tasha was 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 mentioning what i what i need um <laughs> she's being very distracting she's correct but um <laughs> she's correct she's just yeah. distracted but yeah i yeah. think knowing what knowing what people need makes it much easier to give support and i i think it does not solve the problem quicker because it's not about solving problems, but it does de-escalate big emotions and stressful situations quicker, I think, because it's that being responsive rather than just reacting to what you see. Yeah. Yeah. And and too often we find ourselves, I, th I think another reason, reason this question can come in in handy as a, as a starting point, at least is, is, is way too often we just find ourselves guessing. Um, yeah. And 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 so this gives us at least a starting point for for dealing with things because 
um, how you might need to be helped, um, how 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 you go about being heard when you're a a very barely verbal um, two and a half year old. They I mean they, they all come with some nuance, but but I think well sometimes being able for the little ones that them taking you and showing you something like yeah being hurt, you know is like taking you and showing you that you know that's what I'm crying about that thing that's you know falling on the floor or whatever and you know they take you by the hand and go mm, that and you're like oh right yeah that's that's what's bothering you I get it you know like I think it does need to be adapted but I because I think the guesswork if we're guessing if we guess and we get it wrong you know like it, then we start that whole cycle of situation again you know like where that leads to more frustration or more distress for children if we get it wrong if we say oh let me give you a hug and just bang give them a hug and that's not what they want that's we're just amping up that level of distress again yeah um i note um so i was thinking about last episode together we were talking about uh about uh staff the exodus of staff staff turnover and uh, for for programs that are trying to slow that down this actually might be a helpful question to to ask yeah. as far as staff retention and 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 those kind of things go too asking staff you know look i can't i can't pay anymore because the budget doesn't allow that but but finding out what staff need to be heard about what they yeah. need when, when they need to vent, allowing a safe way for that to happen without yeah. staff worrying about uh, uh, reprisals and, and retribution for what they say, let help it, letting them speak honestly. Um, I don't know if you should be doing a lot of hugging of your staff. Um, I, well, just because I'm not a hugger. Team. Our team, our team is a hugging team. If they, if they need it, like it, they're, it is a huggy team. We're a fairly close team. Um, even one of our team who she's not a hugger either. I'm not a hugger. She had a really rough day here a few months ago and started to cry. And I said, I know you're not a hugger and you know, I'm not a hugger, but do you need a hug? And she's like, yeah, I actually do. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. And so we had a hug and it was, it was good. It helped. She's like, actually, I feel better. Like I do. That did make me feel better. I'm like, yeah, cool. Yeah, you know, was a, a simple thing to do, but I think it's the asking. It's the yeah making making it a conversation about what people need rather than an assumption about what people need and how you're going to fix their problems. Yeah. So hey, listeners, you need to be hugged. Um, lose my number. Um, you want you want uh, want to be left alone? I can totally do that for you. You need to be helped or heard. Um, you can you can reach out by voicemail or text to two two eight three six three six seven three seven, or you can join me for happy hour the fourth Tuesday of the month at seven thirty p.m. Central Time USA for all the uh, the helping and heard that you that you need in your day. Um, before, before we ask this, I got to, you know, I asked you a couple episodes ago about mushrooms. Um, oh, you, you weren't enthused. I got another question for you. Um, um, oh, yeah, maybe, um, I've, I've talked to a couple of other hosts about this too. So I was, I was cracking, I had to, I had a reason to crack a bunch of eggs the other day. Um, actually it's a couple of weeks ago now, but anyway, after about egg number three or four, I, I, I got to thinking, this is really boring. Every one of these eggs has the same thing inside of it. 
And, and I got to wondering, wouldn't it be neat if, I don't know if it's magic or genetic engineering or how it happens, but just every once in a while you would crack an egg and there'd be something else in it? What sort of something else? Well, I'm glad you asked. You might crack like an, an egg. something else? Well, you might crack the egg and there would be a, a piece of chocolate, a delightful piece of chocolate. You might crack an egg and a hundred spiders come out and scree up your arm. Uh, you might crack an egg and there would be a, a really tiny but fully functioning kitten. Um, it could be, it could, I mean, it could be all kinds of. It could be a gold coin. It could be all kinds of stuff. Um, do, you, do you have like the Kinder Surprise eggs in America? Um, I don't know if they're, they're here. They they used to not be here. I used to be, they'd be in Canada and Australia, but not here. I think they might. Are there Kinder eggs here now? Natasha says yes. Yeah. So I feel like that's what you're kind of suggesting. It's like, but an egg egg version. But this would be an egg surprise. egg. But it could be. And it could be a good surprise or a bad surprise. Like or a bad surprise. Well, see, the, um, not a good surprise. I thought I thought good surprises <laughs> always, but then you come to expect them. So the bad mm. surprises make the good surprises better. Do you know what? I this is somewhat related. I recently we get our fruit and veggies from a local cooperative thing and I got my fruit and veggie box home and I've like started to peel open my corn so it's come like straight from the farmer it doesn't come through the supermarket start to peel open my corn and something come out of the corn and I didn't actually see what it was it was something black but all of a sudden like my finger was stinging like crazy and so I sort of threw the corn and threw whatever the little black thing was and I said it looked like a scorpion (laughs) And I literally, I did have a big red mark on my finger and Aaron searched the entire house for this corn scorpion and it didn't exist. There was nothing, like we couldn't find anything that had come out of it. But I feel like that's kind of like an egg surprise. This was a corn sure, surprise. Corn, yeah, I would go with corn and, surprises. And it was the, it was the bad thing because now every time I like de-husk the corn, I'm like, oh, I hope there's no scorpion. Oh, Hey, listeners, if you know about corn scorpions, uh, reach out. I'd like to hear more about this. Um, while, we're, while we're talking about produce, I, I had this thought, too. Um, does Australia have watermelon? Yes. Okay, well, that wasn't the question. But, you know, watermelons tend to be big, right? Yes. So if you go to the store and you buy a watermelon, you got to use both hands to carry the watermelon around a lot of the time, or you can tuck the watermelon. It's just awkward carrying watermelons. And so I thought of a new, look, I don't have time to bring this to market. Any listeners, if you want to take care of this idea and run with it, um, I just asked my, my seven and a half percent for, for this idea. But you know, there's those, those command strips, that really sticky stuff. You want to put a hook on your wall or something that, that, that sticky tape and so this would be this would be handles you go to the you go to the shop and you you pick out your watermelon and then you pull one of these straps out you stick it on there and it's just a handle you can attach to your watermelon to carry it to carry it home and uh and then you get home you cut off your watermelon you toss that in the recycling and you go about your day and that way you can carry your stores should love they stores should be handing these out because then you can carry your watermelon and your your other bags of of groceries um all at the same time i think it makes life a little bit easier could you not just get a big bag for your watermelon well sure (laughs) but then you gotta 
I think putting a watermelon in a big bag is kind of like putting a toddler in a big bag. You got to wrestle with it. And, and, and those bags, you don't know if the handles are going to, going to hold up to the weight of the watermelon. Um, so I think my, my watermelon, my temporary watermelon handle, um, is a, is a good idea. You could also, I mean, look, you could use it with small children. Uh, you put, you put, put that in the back of like a a three and a half year old. And, you know, you know, do that thing where you hold them by the arms and you spin them around in circles. Yeah. You could totally do this. You could hold a, hold a toddler in each arm by these straps (laughs) and, and twirl around in circles. I think it would be, it'd be great for, uh developing their vestibular sense i guess so you could yeah you could use it for other things too is what i'm saying it wouldn't just have to be for watermelons yeah no i i I could see how that could work yeah well i'm just here here to share ideas that's uh just here with inventions (laughs) it's it's because i like i said before i'm I'm a helper i'm a helper boy um that's that's (laughs) that's my go-to so i'm always trying to Trying to figure out. I, I got another one about cats that we'll get into at some point, but uh, we don't have time now. Any so any final thoughts? For cats. <laughs> oh no, no, the cat one is it's uh it might be traumatic to hear it. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap this one up? No, 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 any, that's it. Anything special going on at Inspired EC you want to plug or I don't tease know? There's always, talk about? there's always special good stuff going on, lots of we've had lots of new of new online training go up and like we're doing these little workbooks that go with the online training so people can do the online training and then they can add on like a little workbook which helps them it's an implementation workbook so it's helping them to implement the stuff that they've just learned so they can kind of reflect on it and then plan for how do I want to make change in my service because we found that so many people were doing online courses and then not doing anything with the information so it's how to take that and it's just a digital thing that they can add on to their courses. So that's just on our website. Um, so yeah, I think that's probably the most. And you, you let Americans take advantage of that stuff too, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Come on over. We have had, we've had a few American orders and stuff recently, a few people joining our online courses and a few, like a few people purchasing resources which is great but it's like the shipping's exorbitant so i thank you to those amazing people because they're paying a lot for shipping but they're getting the goods yeah and there's lots of goods over at inspiredec.com check them out this this year's been the child care bar and grill podcast the world's longest running and most prolific early learning podcast back soon thanks for listening bye-bye bye-bye This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.